0: Welcome to episode 38 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I'm Scott Sturman, and I'm I'm with Matt Deitch, as always. Uh, Matt, Labor Day is done.
1: It is done. It is over. Yeah, now we kind of start getting the lake, some lakes back to ourselves, you know.
0: Absolutely Not
1: Not to sit there and bash pleasure boaters all the time and stuff like that, but... You know, it is nice to be able to go out to a lake and be able to fish and not have to worry about taking waves from every direction.
0: <laughs> right, right. Especially with Okaboji, you know, we we both are Okaboji fishermen. Uh, you know, that's a very touristy area. They got the wake boats and, and did you, everything.
1: Did you see that like down in the Lake of the Ozarks or something like that, where there was this guy going around drilling holes in like wake in wake, wake boats. boats? So they it had a name for him, like wake boat something. Yeah, and I was just like, you know, I think all the fishermen are kind of giving a little fist pump like yeah he yeah, was like I mean, he's, he's our out, hero he was
0: decked out like an all black with a i mean like and oh not, yeah not just like wearing a black jacket and a black ski mask like this dude was like seal team six like, and like, yeah he
1: he knew what he's doing <laughs> i mean he had a mission and you know <laughs> goodbye wake boats. so yeah, if
0: he if he ends up actually getting caught which i don't think he has i'm, I'm not 100% <sighs> sure maybe he has but uh I mean, if there's any unsolved crimes down in that area, they're <laughs> going to be looking at this guy because he, he
1: was a seasoned vet. He's kind of being pretty stealthy, that's for sure. But right. yeah, no, it's over. You know, I got you know I got to spend my Labor Day doing shingling. Yeah. yeah I'll yeah, bet I Joe remember. and Brenda's. Oh, geez. Come their, on, Joe. Their garage. Here we thought it was going to be easy. No problem. We're going to get this all done in one day. Woo. Were we wrong? Really? Yeah. That thing hasn't been shingled in a while and there's wood shingles underneath. Oh yeah, oh, and then we had to put resheet it. We only got half of it resheeted. They were, I think, they're shingling half of it this week.
0: Did Did you put steel on or no?
1: We went with shingles. Yeah, there's there a part oh, that, of me saying why didn't Why don't we just do steel yeah, here, Joe?
0: After that, you think <laughs> about running up to Menards and like, you know what? I don't care what you say, Joe. You're getting steel.
1: I, actually, at one point, I was about ready to say you're just gonna get tarp over this here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So no, yeah. Labor Day is coming, and gone, and
0: some hunting you know, seasons are started. Season. Uh, dove season is officially open now. I think that there's a lot of areas. Teal uh, season is open. Yeah, that's right. Up Early in,
1: goose season is open in Minnesota. Yep. I think South Dakota deer season is open. Archery um, right. on private ground north dakota i'm starting to see a really a lot of nice velvet bucks coming you yep. know hitting the ground elk season my brother brant was out in the black hills was he really yeah he wasn't elk hunting he was with some friends along with him, but okay. he said it was a great experience oh uh, i bet up there i mean you love the black hills there's no doubt about it so it's to be up there elk hunting yeah that was not fun. <laughs> right
0: so no we got a really cool episode for you today guys uh brian Bashore of the walleye guys uh brian is a A professional walleye fisherman uh, fishes the tours, which you'll hear about uh, here in a little bit, Uh, and he also has a guiding business, uh, has a couple hired guides, Um, they predominantly fish down at uh, Lewis and Clark Lake, down near Yankton, South Dakota, and we're going to cut right to him. Hey, Brian, you there, man? I'm here, man. Awesome. Awesome. Brian, uh, you've got a guide service down uh, Lewis and Clark Lake, down near Yankton, South Dakota, called the Walleye Guys. But uh, before that, you grew up—actually, grew up down in Nebraska. Uh, tell us a little bit about growing up down in Nebraska, and tell us about some of the fishing that you did down there.
2: Yeah, you bet. Grew up in uh, Nebraska. I kind of like to call Harlan County Reservoir my home water, um, even though I still lived a couple hours from there. But you know, probably spent 50 days a year out there at a friend's. Uh, a cabinet right at the lake and grew up fishing there with my stepfather who really got me hooked on the whole walleye fishing and fished my first few uh, tournaments down there and they have brassica has a really good governor's cup they put on every year and that's down at Harlan county reservoir usually the first or second weekend in june um used to get around you know 200 teams in it uh, a little smaller nowadays but the Harlan anglers walleye club helps kind of run it with them and uh, they do a really good job tournament down there and they have a league night. It's just a really good group of guys and a whole bunch of real good you know, good sticks down there. Um grew up you know living pretty much about fifty feet out the our door of our house for a few years was the Blue River. So you know, a lot of catfishing, carp, <clears throat> cart, bullhead, you name it, you know, anything in the in the muddy Blue River. Uh, we'd canoe up and down the river, four miles up river to the you know, the little local tavern in town when you're in second, third grade. We would go up and get a Mountain Dew and get back in the canoe and go back down river. Um, you know, stuff you can't imagine your kids doing at that age alone today <laughs> Right, <laughs> versus hardly walking down the street. Uh, we'd go up and down a river by ourselves for four miles each way uh, every day in the summer, basically, setting set lines and trot lines and stuff like that. It was, uh, it was just fun. Then uh, I grew up in Malcolm, just outside of mm-hmm. Lincoln. Um, had some good friends there. His dad really got me into waterfowl hunting, a good friend got me into trapping, um, <clears throat> pheasant hunting, you name it. We just, you know, it's a small towns and, uh, you know, still had farm kids around back then. So that's just, that's what you did, right? You hunted and fished. And Bryce has got some pretty good fisheries. McConaughey is obviously a real good fishery. Just Didn't get to spend a lot of time there. Really spent most of the time out at, uh, at Harlan County. But lived four miles um, from Brancho Lake and Pawnee Lake, right outside of Lincoln. And, and both are, uh, you know, decent fisheries. Brancho has always been a, a pretty good one. Kind of got an overtake of... Uh, white perch in there now but uh, nonetheless you know when you only got four miles to go to get to a, you know at least uh four thousand plus acre body of water that's that's uh you're pretty pretty blessed to have those opportunities so
0: absolutely oh, yeah, for sure i was going to ask you about my kind you, you said you didn't do a whole lot out there
2: nope didn't get to really get out there too often i mean it's a beautiful place it's a it's a phenomenal fishery it's and you want to catch a big walleye, no matter where you're at, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a trophy lake. It's a place to go. A 15 inch minimum. Where the rest of the state's got kind of a slot. Um, it's healthy. It's very clean water. It's, it's sand. Um, storms kind of they pop up there like they do on the Missouri River though in the summer. They just all of a sudden they're there and they're nasty, and you got to find a way to get off there. Um, water level fluctuates a lot, like all the Nebraska reservoirs do, due to irrigation. And then you know Harlem's based off of. Uh, it goes to the Republican River, which they got to you know, they got to release to go feed Kansas their water. Who complains about not getting a lot of water, <laughs> a lot of water? And then, of course, this year they're complaining about getting too much. So right. uh, it's just, you know, Mother Nature's going to do what she does. So um, the Merritt Reservoir is another phenomenal. That, that's a, it's a solid fishery for multi-species. It's good all year round. It's got big muskies in it, real big, healthy walleyes. I believe the Nebraska Wally Association has their uh, state championship out there this year real real beautiful place You can always get out of the wind. So that's up in the north Northwest side of Nebraska Valentine area.
1: Oh, yeah, oh, yeah So like what brought you up into like the Lewis and Clark Lake area and start guiding up and up that part of the country
2: Yeah, it's been guiding for 10 years or so and uh, Kind of just use it as a wherever we're going for a tournament Um you know, we guide her a few days prior to it, kind of use your pre-fishing and guiding and kind of help get your tournament paid for, really. Um, then it just it just blew up, more or less. Um, guided down in Glen Elder, Kansas, Milford Lake, Kansas, Harlan. Um, but Lewis and Clark was a place we fished a lot. Uh, really, you know, three hours out of Lincoln, two hours out of Omaha. It's one of your best fisheries outside of, like, Omaha and Sioux City. It gets a lot of traffic uh, for those that are going more for fishing and sailing and stuff versus the Okaboji type um you know Okaboji's is kind of known for the party and even though it's got good good fishing up there those an iowa Great lakes region you guys are very familiar with
0: you bet. Um,
2: but lewis clark is the second most visited state park in south dakota so it gets over two million visitors a year um it's been known for bass fishing years ago it's got a real unique fishery as far as what we call the chutes the whole kind of upper west end that goes from about 15 miles from the dam it begins there and goes all the way up to Pigstown um, Fort Randall area uh, through the where the River dumps in, in Nebraska it's real it's not, not like the Missouri River anywhere else that you'll fish it's really a lot more like uh, down in Venice, Louisiana fishing the marshes or kind of like an Everglades uh, type of area full of sandbars and fragmites and blind corners and holes and shallow water and deep water and three mile an hour current but the so demand up there was just, you know, tenfold as anywhere else. There was only, you know, one or two local guides that were just kind of, you know, part, you know, here and there type thing. Um, and just, with you know, two million people visiting that place. There's just certainly, a you know, a much bigger demand. So I have a couple of other guides working. And it's just really blown up. It's, it's, it, even with the flooding that the lake has fished completely different than ever before but it's been you know pretty good so
0: now now you actually had a career uh building houses and and doing some other stuff before guiding right
2: oh yeah I've, uh, you, you named it i've probably done it <laughs> um yeah right out of high school was started building homes uh owned a construction company concrete company a remodeling company um did all of that for you know right when the housing market kind of went to kapui uh, I was a mortgage broker for a couple of years, doing that when mortgages rates and stuff were good. Um, just got laid off from that and started back with another company within a week. Uh, more of a mortgage broker, where I did construction loans, and that was kind of obviously my my specialty, coming from the you know the construction trades, which is what I did my you know whole childhood growing up. Stepfather was an architect, and uncle was a you know father was a drywaller, and uncles were electricians and. Uh, concrete guys and stuff like that where eventually everybody had worked for me for one time or another. Did the the construction stuff, mortgage stuff, and and then to the finance and insurance firm for several years. Um, But that time, I was also in the Navy Reserves as a CB, which is a a Navy Mobile Construction Battalion. Um, My unit actually consisted of South Dakota, Iowa, Nebraska, Missouri, and Kansas. Um, Once I became the training chief for that battalion, that... Pretty much, that's about all I could do with deployments to Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, it consumed pretty much all my time as a reservist. It became more or less a full time job traveling for meetings and, and training the battalion, getting them up to tempo for deployments every couple, three years. So,
0: um, good experience,
2: 11 years of that, and now uh, getting back fishing finally. So.
0: Well, we thank you for your service.
1: Yes, yeah, thank you. Okay
0: now what came first did the the tournament angling come first or did the guide service because you said you kind of uh started guiding to, to kind of pre-fish for the tournaments what came first
2: yeah oh no i was fishing tournaments uh i think i probably did my first governor's cup in nebraska when i was 16 maybe um you know then probably you know, just did a couple little local things like that nothing for several years uh actually bass fished quite a bit in my 20s but didn't you know did have a boat nebraska's got pretty good bass fishing on a lot of the smaller lakes um that i just kind of felt like that was pretty easy um, got a lot of nice bass big bass use float tubes and stuff like that or little john boats um you know granted you fish a lot of smaller places that don't get a lot of pressure just full of five and six seven pound largemouth um but you know once i just Got. I uh, started using a friend's boat more. Um, he let me use it. I fixed it up. You know, started using that more. Got back into some tournaments and guiding with that. I uh, just had the itch for walleye, which is what I kind of grew up chasing. I just the walleye are certainly a, a very challenging fish at times, uh, and just you know really really like that. Um, like I said, the, the guiding just kind of by default really took off, and then when I came back from Afghanistan in 2013, even prior to that, it was um, you know maybe. 30, 40 trips a year, um, but then at that time, <clears throat> when I came back, I started dating a guy who lived up in South Dakota, um, then I moved up there uh, six months or, or so later, um, just kind of said, well, I've spent most of my time in Yankton, Sioux Falls, not that far away anyway, uh, but then just kind of really took it on as just a full-time gig at that point, and got a couple more guys to help out, and stay fairly busy, the other guys all have other jobs. Um, you know, but if they can pick up, you know, a dozen or two trips a year, that that works out well for them.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. So what tournament series are you fishing in now?
2: The uh, only one I do now is the national walleye tour. Okay. So I didn't, uh, should be on my way to Devils now, but I'm not going to the championship. Um, fished the first two this year, had a decent practice, had horrible tournaments, which is how that always works. Um, but just kids are growing up we wanted to spend a little more time with vacation and the kids this year before they went back to school so we did a lot of that and then i decided i was going to guide a little bit it it never fails every week and gone for the tournament phone rings off hook you know you're missing out and like going or that with me, is one of my other guides we didn't you know really have any other guides back except taylor and he's been busy um building his building his new house so it was just you know there's two weeks of nobody running any trips and it's not good for business, so um, stayed home this year, which has helped out considerably. I mean, I'm just got off the water today and be on there the next three days, and Monday off and back Tuesday. And, uh, it's uh, it's busy, so because the fishing's good, so uh, we'll reset, see what the next Cabela's National Wildlife Tour schedule looks like for next year, and hopefully get on all four of them. So um, really, I am heading to uh, Lake Sikakwea. Uh first weekend in October, I believe October 5th. They have a big uh, tournament up there in the northern end of it. Um, I think it's thirty thousand payout for first, thousand dollar entry. So uh, I'm heading to that one with a friend that lives up there that needed a partner and said, "You bet, I love that place." So, um, kept, uh, looking forward to that one for sure.
1: Yeah, so you, you know you talk about your the tournament angling and stuff and missing a lot of guide trips because of, because like a typical tournament preparation, like how long do you go up there in advance? Like a week in advance before the tournament and start pre-fishing and try to find fish or try to eliminate water. <laughs>
2: Yep, I like, uh, like a week, you know, just kind of depends on where we're going. I mean, obviously the Great Lakes are huge, and you know, a lot of guys team up, <clears throat> excuse me, so you can break down the water. And, and I've done that, and Takasaki and you know, I travel together, Randy Hummel, Brent Hendricks used to, uh, he's a surgeon here in Sioux Falls. He's been too busy the last couple of years. And um, I'm, you know, great people, and I like that theory, and I understand it, and you have to do it, but I also would prefer not to do it. Um, I like the MLF format a lot better where you can't communicate, or actually the Bass Elite Series, where you, you can't pre-fish water for only a couple of days. You can't right. have a team. Um, you know, let's figure this out on our own, and let's give everybody two days to do it, and that's it. type of deal. So, uh, But, you know, it is what it is. I don't foresee those rules changing with the NWT anytime soon. Uh, but the tournaments are Thursday, Fridays. And so in case there's a blow day, the final day would be on a Saturday. But they're usually Thursday, Fridays. So I can leave the, pri- the previous Friday,
1: hit oh, the road, okay.
2: and then... Fish that night, um, but all day, sun up
0: to sundown, pretty much every day. <laughs> now, uh, above your guide service and and doing the professional walleye tour, um, you're also very active in fishing and conservation organizations. Tell us uh, uh, what organizations you're involved with, and and you've got some pretty high ranking uh, status in some of these organizations. Well, when you're
2: you're on them as long as I am, I've been around forever. You just, <laughs> By default, you turn, the, turn into the veteran board member. So, on. Uh, uh, I started out in the Nebraska Wildlife Federation years ago, back in my Nebraska days. Um, great organization. Uh, that spawned into the, uh, the, the National Wildlife Federation board position. So I'm a regional nine director um, covering North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Iowa, and Kansas. It's kind of my states that I oversee and help the, those affiliates. Um, South Dakota Wildlife Federation is probably the – the largest of them all um north Dakota now actually has come into some uh, some funding um a couple of endowments were left to them so they have a staff member and an office and they're, they're growing and doing a lot of great things up there they just had some good legislative stuff so um, but i spent a fair amount of time you know traveling to dc or wherever our board meetings are um, this is my last year i believe on that i'll be termed out at nine years so three three-year terms um so we're in the process of trying to find somebody out of one of these five states to, to fill my position, um, which they definitely need to do. After nine years, you're ready to move on, and they need some fresh blood. Um, so I think I brought something different to the board, a different approach, or kind of a military mindset. Of we, of, let's, I want to talk about it. Let's do it. Let's get it done and make it happen. <clears throat> I'm the chair of the Innovation Committee now, which is a new thing we started a couple years ago. All these nonprofits are really good at asking for money or fundraising, but not actually good at monetizing their brand and making money. When you have an organization that has, you know, 7 million members and an annual budget of 100 million, uh, there's, there's a lot of potential for more revenue to be generated off of whatever you're, you're selling. Maybe it's Ranger Rick type stuff, which is, you know, that's how most people recognize National Wildlife Federation is with the Ranger Rick brand. Uh, we have some partnerships with, uh, i think say, Cabela's Bass Pro. We just got a grant um, working with some <clears throat> outdoor education on that stuff with them. So there's a ton of things. we got a ton of brilliant people there, great minds of science. Colin um, O'Meara is our new CEO we hired a few years ago. He's very, very good at being bipartisan down the middle uh, with legislative issues and uh, really has gained the hook and bullet crowd back. Um, your TRCPs, your DU, your Pheasants Forever type groups to um, so where everybody realizes we can get a heck of a lot more done if we partner up and work together. Um, certain organizations are, are better at one thing than the other. So you just, if they need people, there's funding or whatever where you can help them, you help them, and then, and then vice versa. So that's some really good growth through there. Um, then I've been with the National Professional Anglers Association for I'm uh, not even sure how many years as a member, and I've been on the board for a couple years as vice president, and then this year I'm the acting uh, president for the NPAA, National Professional Anglers Association.
0: Now tell us what the NPAA. What does that actually consist of? Uh, you know, what do you guys uh, do?
2: So the NPA is a, a 501c6. C6 is different than a C3 in the sense of um, basically political type stuff, what you can, can do, or say, or endorse type of deal. Still a non-profit, still tax deductible. It's been around since 1997, I believe. got over 1, 13, 1,500 members, something like that. Um, you know, had some great leadership in the past. Had Jimmy Bell, Robert Blosser, Michael Cleland, uh, Keith Caballus, and uh, now myself. Pat Nye was president years ago. Pat Nye is the, acting, or is the current executive director currently. And has been for, for several years. He kind of stepped in uh, from his president role to ED years ago, and, and kind of just revamped it and took it over when it was kind of struggling, and, and now it's being, uh, you know it's pretty darn successful, I would say. Um, we have members from all over the U.S., Canada. You know, it's started in the Upper Midwest, so majority of members are you know the walleye and some muskie and some catfish guys, um, growing pretty you know steadily, but you know not quite fast enough, and in the bass world. Um, that's obviously just a whole nother, another market mass fishing's of, you know, a billion dollar industry versus our walleye and kind of the, the crappie world. But we, we are getting there. Um, you know, there's weekly newsletters, email blasts come out to members. We got, you know, the social media, there's private Facebook page for members to, to talk to each other. The, the main thing, the big thing, with the MPA membership, I mean, is, is the networking is you can't even put a price on it. The people that you get to meet and the opportunities that, the doors that'll open from these people and industry leaders that you'll meet at the MPA conference which is an annual event which this year coming up January 3rd at the Wisconsin and Wisconsin Dells at the Chula Vista Resort uh, we had it in Minneapolis last year a couple years before that was in uh, back at the Dells and we're going back there this year should sell out it holds about 450 and last time we were there we, were, we had reached capacity that's why we moved it somewhere bigger but then we had a little bit lower attendance um this year is shaping up to be a conference like never before press releases have uh, just just came out yesterday the day before um you'll start seeing more and more of it on social media um, our keynote speakers are johnny morris which i'm pretty sure everybody knows who he is I and uh mike iconelli so uh, two of the biggest names and you know really fishing you know and it's about you don't have to be a professional angler to be a member of the MPA, but if you're aspiring to be one, whether it's a charter captain, a guide, maybe it's media or marine industry, something that has to do with angling, um, this is this is the place to be. Um, but you know, meet, especially media as well. So it's uh, it's probably going to sell out. These guys, uh, Johnny's we're actually giving Johnny Morris a first future or something. I can't think of the name of the award, um, but it's basically for his efforts and you know the future of fishing really um conservation and education and everything that you know he has done for the sport of fishing um well johnny morris has you know Cabell's bass pro ranger nitro triton all these all this stuff so he's uh he's uh, a, pr- a pretty big part of the, of the fishing world by all means yeah for sure i actually
0: and, just looked it up today he's worth 3.9 billion <laughs>
2: yeah yeah I'm, I'm sure every bit of that and then uh ike and Nelly is uh you know not we're, we don't like really have him coming to talk about bass so much we do have a ton of the minnesota's blowing up with the high school bass fishing stuff and we have a lot of those guys as members and a lot of them will attend the conference and, and i Ike know certainly going to talk bass but ike brings a whole new thing to it is he does so much outside of bass fishing right his ike foundation his tv show um his radio show his podcast everything he he is, is he's got an empire basically and and you know and, and being a great bass fishman is just part of it but that's how he you know branded himself but he's gonna talk about taking that all to the next level hey this fishing is what i i did and i still do it i'm very good at and but all of this was came from it because of my passion for fishing and i found ways to try to you know it making a living in this professional angling world is by all means, I've owned a lot of companies and this is the hardest one by, by far. Um, you don't have a product to sell. It's you, you're the product. So you're having to sell yourself and, and is, and that doesn't necessarily mean you have to be an excellent fisherman. Um, it helps, but I highly recommend that you master many of the arts of fishing first, um, but you're not, you're not going to win every tournament. You're not going to have a great day guiding all the time. I mean, all those, you you just can't control. There's too many things that are out of your control versus if you, you build homes or whatever the case is, you, you have a product. You just sell it. So you have to be able to be, be that product on and off the water all the time, um, you know, be available for people, be able to go work shows, um, stores, whatever it is, write articles, do podcasts, do radio interviews, be able to jump in a boat with uh, you know somebody on their TV show, take them out get the local media out. There's all those other things to do that you can get your sponsors brands in, in front of a camera or whatever that are, that are important. That's what I think Mike's going to focus on, and um, like Ellie, that is, and, and talk about that. So this NPA conference is, if you're a member, I believe it's like $100 registration, maybe 150 If you're not a member, it's, you know, two or, like, I don't even know the fees. Look them up. NPA.net should have the whole conference agenda and the fees on there. Um, but the discount, alone by being a member is is well worth it and that's what you get um to go to the conference so it starts friday in sunday afternoon um, around noon there's two new additions this year as well we have breakout sessions all day on saturday mornings um to where it's one hour of last year i did a social media one we have uh we have workshops on friday for two and a half hours one is about how to how to build your own website with a lot of charter captain stuff, ask for, you know, advice on how to do that. And then we have a, a angling communications, which is really going to be kind of resume building, portfolio, um, a little touch on the website and your brand and your social media stuff. And that's a two-hour kind of a hands-on walk you through these type things. Uh, most of the breakouts, the other ones will have some, some fishing tip ones, some more communication, some media stuff. Those are usually an hour. And it's just—it's a lot of information, kind of fire hose right at you. Um, but you will leave knowing a heck of a lot more than you showed up knowing. Um, and you're going to meet people that you know. After a few years hanging out with Gary Parsons Keith Kavais is just kind of second nature. Um, they because they're great guys and they're available and they're there for you. And they won't—they'll they'll definitely talk to you, Takasaki, all these Hall of Fame people. They're—they're they're there. Tom Newstrom. And they're more than happy to show you around, introduce you, and just, you know, you can pick their brain and, and learn a ton of information. So uh, th- that part is, is pretty much priceless. This year, we're going to have some media room set up. So guys like you or anybody else that's coming out that, that are doing podcasts, um, we have the Association Great Lakes Outdoor Riders people probably coming um, where they can pull, sprinkle in and and – and Shakurian or Hoyer, you know, in for an hour and, and do an interview and, and get a ton of content to where they have articles for the, you know, the next six months. So
1: awesome! Yeah, that's very cool. That's really neat.
0: <laughs> now, do you like doing all the extra stuff? You know, there you talked about putting your sponsors' names out there. You know, what through the social media, through the seminars. Do you enjoy doing that, or, or do you really just enjoy fishing, and that's kind of the baggage <laughs> that comes along with it?
2: uh no i mean no i i do i i like to teach um i love doing seminars like i got no problem talking as you can tell <laughs> <laughs> and just sharing just everything i know there's nothing worse than i heard this while there was johnny kennel only once and i repeated a lot because it's right then when i'm at the fish cleaning station and some guy and a kid come up and you know if, if they ask me oh wow look at that you know Where'd you catch him? I'm not going to give you my GPS coordinates, but I'm going to give you everything pretty darn close to that. You know, four to six foot of water on the west end, trolling, you know, whatever. Green, what, if, all the way down to the color if I can. Because the more people that are out there catching fish, the better for the industry, right? That, that kid's going to buy gear, you know, and his kids, and whatever the case is, and the industry, all the outdoor industry is struggling in a sense. Um, you know, but nothing worse than the guy that, Comes up and asks the guide or somebody at the fish cleaning station, Oh, where'd you catch those fish? You know, right? In the water. Right. Or in the mouth. Oh, yeah. So, you, yep. know, and, you know, and is that guy, right? Yeah, we all know those guys. Yeah. Yeah, we all know We all know Right. You know, and the same with, I'm not, I'm just, I can't, I get it. People blur out their backgrounds on their social media. And, and sure as crap, if you don't, and there's got to be 20 boats there tomorrow type thing. And, you know, if I'm taking photo, a lot of times I'll just, move move
1: yeah you know other yep.
2: ways and take the photo or spin the boat but for the most part i don't care yeah. i'm fishing by the dam and i'll take a picture with the fish in front of the dam doesn't mean i caught them there you know as fishermen it, it's really hard to go catch other people's fish yeah so i can tell you everything but you still have to go you know what i didn't tell you is i was going three and a half miles an hour yeah. you know and maybe you're trolling a two-two and wondering why you can't get a bite <laughs> um but i said fast but you know, one person's fast and one person shallow is different when I say shallow, I'm talking two to six foot of water. Most people think, oh, 10, 15 feet. Um, I'm like, no, like I'm, I'm running into stuff shallow. Right. Um, <laughs> and when I say fast, I'm definitely over three miles an hour. So, you know, it's just it's, it's those little things that, that make a difference. But I, I love doing seminars, going to the shows, going, working the floors and selling products. That's, I mean, you're sponsored by the companies, at least you should be, by ones you believe in. i only partner up with ones that i've used for a long time and i believe in them and they have a conservation ethic
0: why don't you Um, tell us who who uh who you are sponsored by
2: so uh salmo which we all use the salmon horse i do a lot of the pure fishing stuff which is berkeley um you know line mainly uh that's not a a real big sponsorship type thing but i do use a lot of their stuff and they definitely support me on that and you know we all know that you know berkeley's got a plethora of products out there and they're great all the fishing line and i I think we got most of the fish today on uh, flicker shads and 50 uh, 50 almost flicker shads and ensemble so um st croix rods been a sink for a long time love them um there's definitely i mean i sell a ton of them at the stores always tell people you gotta put your money into a rod put it in your jigging rod and you know st croix is, there ain't no tariffs these babies are made right here in in wisconsin so uh you know the great warranty great great company they they I do a lot of events with them where they support the conservation of these events. So they're family owned businesses. Just, they're just great. Really, really good people. Um, Offshore Tackle, Northland Tackle. Um, I mean, you know, these are great companies um, like St. Croix and Offshore, who we all know the story with Tommy Scarless. Tommy's with these companies too, and they still are able to give tommy his retainer and support him even though he hasn't been able to fish all year
0: yeah Yeah. that is spectacular
2: so when you have companies that say we get it take some time off or if it's maybe you're never going to be able to fish again we still support you and here's your your retainer check or whatever it is that a guy you know may get um that's what you're looking for a lot of them Cabela's is is my is my biggest brand um been with them for years doing stuff in the local stores in omaha la vista um, up until we got into the corporate level of things and done some commercials and catalogs and just, you know, it's been a, been a transition from the Bass Pro purchase of it. Um, so things have been a little different, but I work with a really good pro staff manager coordinator. She communicates well, she responds quick to stuff. Um, and I, I wouldn't be fishing the tournaments without them. So cabello's is, is, is huge for that. Um. I'm in their stores as as often as I can, and uh, educating the the outfitters, I think, is the biggest thing to do there. Um, You know, they get a lot of turnovers. You get a lot of younger people in there on some of those stores, depending on location, some not. Um, But going in there, those guys have to work all the time, so they don't get to go fishing as much as they would want. So you got to take your knowledge to the local, what's happening on the river, the lakes, and give it to them so that they can, you know, pass it on to Passing on to the customers and, and they can move more product and, and give people the right product so really really enjoy the heck out of that but as soon as it all starts to feel like work then i'll have to find something else so. <laughs> right
0: now uh you care if we fire a couple questions at you
1: nope go ahead all right you know you talk about you, you're a big walleye fisherman. what what's your favorite technique for catching walleyes
2: um you can ask that every day so when i'm guiding and that that typical answer is whatever they're biting on right um, <laughs> you, you know uh,
1: okay i, I should I may, maybe i'll I, say okay what if you had to only catch them one way which which way would you prefer to catch them
2: yeah, i'm a I'm a jigging guy by all means so if i can even today i quit trolling we're catching them trolling i just don't like to troll that much and clients can kind of get bored even though you're catching fish um you know I, like, I love to troll when I'm pulling the planter boards because it's pretty fun to watch them go back and stuff and that's that's real cool but it's been a really big trolling year on the river um, but jigging anytime I can jig I am going to jig so whether that's you know pit, pitch jigs or uh, like snap jigging with the with the puppet meadows puppet meadows and jigging wraps or right, if that was beeping there's another call coming in of course um, but yeah jigging is this hands down that's my that's my specialty and that's uh that's just what i love to do watching feeling that little thump and seeing the yep. line twitch and you know and even going slack i actually caught two today doing that and as i was explaining to the clients i'm like when your line goes slack that's that's good they got yep. in their mouth reel down and reel down and set the hook and Very. i missed one because i was kind of watching it going see it slack showing him <laughs> but then by the time i reeled up it he'd spit it out and i'm like now, just don't wait that long. Yeah,
0: well, very fun. Now, you kind of dipped in earlier uh, talking about MLF and bass elite. So, so you are familiar uh, fishing professional walleye. Would you ever be interested in seeing uh, professional walleye fishing go towards an MLF format instead of a weigh-in?
2: Totally. I think our personally, I think our weigh-ins are kind of a joke the way they're done now. Um, there's, I don't know why we're worried about bringing live fish to the scales if we're not going to show them to anybody. Um, the way the NWT does it, Chip Lear is amazing MC and does a great job. Um, uh, unfortunately, we get pushed through there as fast as possible to, like, make it get over with, which isn't the purpose of it. The way it takes two hours because everybody has their stage time to do whatever they're supposed to do and show fish, then that's how it's supposed to work. If you don't want to watch it, go home type thing, like uh, you know the Bass Elite Series. That, those those are two or three hour weigh-ins. If you have a, a couple big fish, take them out of the bag and show them to the crowd, show them to the TV cameras. Right. Don't just mm-hmm. get them off there as fast as possible, and then go behind stage, take a photo, and then I mean, you want to get them in the release boat and get them back in the water. But if that's all we're going to do, take a photo of it out in your boat, weigh it, and throw it back. Right. So, there's, I don't. There's absolutely no purpose the way it's set up, and that they're bringing them in to the scales because. Nobody sees them. I mean, there's nice. absolutely nobody sees them, except in the tanks waiting for the scales. So let's just catch a photo. like the aim style or the MLF style, put a you know a person in the boat. I would love it to just to be one angler and not the pro-am, not the co-angler, okay. um, the way it's set up now. You don't know who you're going to draw. may be great. It may not. There's been handicapped people that now, in a sense, you're handicapped, and I get it. They really can't tell somebody knows so much. Um, but you've seen these 90 mile boat rides and rough water and you got a guy with a bad back that you drew as your partner, you know, he says he can't do it. Well, I'm, you know, this is for some of us, it's your job and you're right. living and and you need yep. to, you need to cash a check. And now you're handicapped in the sense that I can't go there. I can't do this. Or you may look at the guy and just be like, then sorry, get out of the boat or something. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> right. Um, right. Yeah.
0: You're not being rude. I mean, I mean you know, like you said, always. if that if that's your job, I mean, you've got sponsors and and you know yep. you're you're looking to win, right?
2: Yeah, they have you know they have a little bit on the line. It's a really good deal for the co anglers. They spend three hundred fifty bucks and they get to jump in the boat two days with the pro. Um, you know, and they're and hopefully they you know they get to learn something. So it's a two day guided trip, which for a price of a one day, really. And it's you know they're not really allowed to bring anything. If I'm jigging, which I usually try to find a jig bite because that's my strength, I'll tell them. If you have a favorite jigging rod, please bring it. Otherwise, I got you covered just because I know how jigging is and people have their favorite, you know, rod yeah. that they're comfortable with. And that's going to make you a better angler. And I want you to be the best angler in the boat possible because you're my second rod. However, I'm completely fine with just fishing by myself because um, then there's times you may have a guy that is constantly snagged or can't tie a right knot. Now you've got to stop and you've got to take care of all this.
1: Right. And because no, not. because yeah. with the yeah. National Walleye Tour, you, your weight is combined. Like, you guys are fishing together, right? Yep. You guys' yeah, weights just are one weight. It's not like, you know, I fished a bass open here a mo- couple months or a month ago, and, you know, I'm fishing for my fish, and the pro is fishing for his fish. So, I mean, yeah, you're, like you said, you're relying on him to know how to fight a fish and. You know or net it for you and everything like that because yeah it's oh your boy way. the netting, yeah, the <laughs>
2: netting that's, yeah that's something else there I, I i learned that from the very first tournament i did with them and it was in lake erie and uh, i no longer let my coinkler hit <laughs> my fish when we're trolling if we're jigging no problem it's pretty simple you just put the net down there and i'm gonna pull it in but trolling everybody know trolling and netting can be a little different um Hey, here's the rod, you're real efficient, I'll net it.
1: Right. So
2: I've had plenty get knocked off by the net, you know, from the guy who said he was the best netting person in the world. That was uh, a usually, of death.
1: usually if they brag about it, it's kind of I'm sure it throws up a red flag in your mind like, Okay, here
2: we go. Yeah, it was the absolute worst net job I ever seen in my life where I had to take the net and grab the fish in one swoop, but like, Wow, man, yeah. it was bad. So but, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of guys out there that no problem with it and you know, or maybe if if we're catching a little fish or something, maybe I'll you know let them net it and just kind of see how it goes and, right. and stuff like that. I don't you don't want to hand the rod off a whole lot of times because you just increase your odds of the fish coming on But usually, if, if when I'm trolling in a tournament and rod goes back, I just fish on. You grab it. I'm I'll grab the net.
0: Yep. Right. So. Now you're a Nebraska Cornhusker fan, correct? Yep. I was just wondering if maybe you'd want to put like a steak supper on the uh, Iowa Nebraska game here in November. <laughs> You know,
2: I went to the game Saturday, so it's not looking very promising. (laughs)
0: Oh, come on, Scott (laughs) Frost was the
1: savior.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you know, I know Scott and uh, actually ran track against him. And my glory day was I beat Scott in triple jump. Um, So I I think it was my best day and his worst day by far. So (laughs) I also believe we broke his dad's 100 meters. I went to high school where Scott's uh, Larry Frost went to high school. Oh, uh, all right. um, Yep. Um, Scott went to Wood River though, and Larry went to Malcolm. But he is a great guy; is a freaking phenomenal coach, and knows he's really bringing a lot of it back. Um, they just had a real bad offensive showing Saturday, so that, I, it's going to be good. I got Colorado this. I mean, it's, I don't think the season is going to be as great as some of them have talked them up. Um, but maybe another year, another two. You know, college football is kind of a three, four year cycle. I played in a league and went to University of Nebraska and. So when I coached high school football um, which I believe you do too Matt and yeah and, uh, that's I love it so we got you know season opener not here in about 20 minutes so
1: it's, <laughs> yeah for pros
0: it's, yeah it's, no.
2: it's it's on
0: Oh, yeah, no Bears and Packers tonight. But, no, I, I was just going to tell you, I, I, we're Hawkeye fans. I just thought I'd razzie. I do think uh, Nebraska will write that ship. Scott Frost I, is – he will, will do it.
1: I will say I got to meet Scott Frost when he was an assistant coach at UNI. He was recruiting some of our players. And, yeah, he is a class act, just a great guy. So
0: Now, before we let you go, uh, Brian, uh, tell us about how we can get uh, – or, or listeners can get a hold of you uh, through social media, your website, whatever.
2: Yeah, you bet. You can go to the uh, sure Outdoors on Instagram, The Walleye Guys on Facebook. Um, head over to NPAA.net. Check out the NPA and the membership benefits and the conference. Check all that out. Um, all my information is on the Walleye Guys website. Uh, if, if phone number, however, emails, all that jazz is there if you want to get a hold of me. Uh, for anything whatsoever just shoot me a message through there and we'll pretty much respond as fast as possible so
0: very good uh well we definitely appreciate you taking some time out uh, this afternoon and uh, uh, sitting down on the phone with us uh very fun interview we thank you very much yeah
1: thanks Brian
2: yeah you bet guys thanks for having me and uh anytime man anytime you got a good podcast so thank you see ya
0: yep, yep, yep. There he goes, Brian Beshore of the Walleye Guys.
1: Yeah, what I mean, what a great guy. We appreciate him taking the time, driving back from the lake today and talking to us. Uh, it was really neat to find out about the MPAA, you know. Absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of things I didn't really know about it. I've looked into it before and researched it, but that conference is definitely something that I think that we should take a look at, you know, As, oh, with us, it... us getting this podcast going and... Uh, it's hard to believe that we're coming up we're we're inching closer and closer to being doing this a year now and i was thinking about that the other day it's like we're getting closer to the year than beginning so that conference sounds like something that would be really interesting to attend and be able to network out of
0: yeah and like if i got there and i saw johnny morris and mike Eichnelli and i was wearing like a bassmaster shirt you know, maybe like a little Johnny peeing on the MLF logo or something like that.
1: I think you might get Is kicked out. Is that too out. far? Okay. I think okay. you might get kicked out. out. We bad. might, have, we, I think we might get asked to leave on that one. But, no, I mean, definitely a cool organization. Check it out, especially if you have aspirations of being a professional angler. Or, I mean, like Brian said, any part of it, the media part of it, uh, if you're looking at a career and getting like a – in the fishing industry and stuff like that definitely something to tech, check out go to the website see what it's all about uh, i'm sure if you emailed some of them guys they'd have a lot of answers for any questions that you had as well
0: i was always under the impression that you had to be a professional angler uh in order to be a part of that and and i didn't know if you had to send in a tax id number or or you know how, how I, that worked yeah but...
1: that professional term is always thrown around pretty loosely so you never know when you hear something like that with an organization if anybody can be a part of it and i think anybody really can be a part of it i mean like i said that professional gets thrown along there it's kind of like the term like fitness pro or something like that you know there's a lot of people that just started working out last week and all of a sudden they got a fitness page on instagram or on facebook and they're telling us all how to exercise and diet and all this stuff and it's like wait a minute You've only been doing this for like a week or a few months here. Uh, I appreciate your enthusiasm and that you're you're dedicated to this stuff, but I want somebody that's been in this business or you know went through the proper procedures for it. So right,
0: right. I mean, I can tell somebody how to bust a pizza ranch buffet, or uh, you know, a professional. To, to you,
1: and you could run around and just say you're a professional pizza eater.
0: Right. My name is on the wall at Texas Road. Well, I know
1: it is, and everybody knows it. We still go in there every once in a while. So I'm going to take my picture with it sometime. As
0: well you that. should. As I well know. you should. And and I think we're actually uh, – I don't know if Brian actually took us up on that bet for the
1: uh, – The Iowa-Nebraska, the I'm not sure. It didn't sound like he was too confident in his Huskers. I mean, he's confident, but, like, I think a lot of them Nebraska fans are kind of pumping their brakes a little bit, and maybe they're not going to make the playoff series. Maybe they. it's going to be a battle for the – you know to win the big 10 that division in the big Ten. So. i see
0: where this is going if iowa wins he's going to be like no 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 we no. never actually shook hands on that bet if nebraska wins
1: he's going to be calling you up, up <laughs> and being like hey what about that steak dinner ribeye <laughs> <Yep. laughs> so, no we really appreciate it, brian thanks a lot for uh, talking to us and sharing a lot of great information for everybody out there
0: absolutely um Another thing that we wanted to touch on, uh, I got a message on Facebook last night from a listener, Greg, uh, here in town. And uh, it's a very good topic that, and I think maybe we've kind of discussed it before, but... uh, It's always a
1: topic that needs to be talked about a lot.
0: Right, just a little friendly reminder. Greg was down at the river here in Rock Rapids, but I don't think this is just a Rock Rapids problem. This is an everywhere problem. And Greg filled up a whole entire garbage bag full of trash on the riverbank uh you know worm boxes pop bottles you know you name it and and we've all been down there and we've all seen what kind of junk it's like what were you doing with that down here right and and you know i think it is our job as as stewards you know or, or uh you know sportsmen and and fishermen whatever to you know to leave it better than we found it and you know I understand that you don't always want to haul out everyone's trash and, and do whatever God knows where it's been, whatever. But I, I really do think that, that all of us, and me included, need to make a point of, you know, if we're down there and we see a couple pop bottles, go throw them in the back end of your pickup and throw them in the trash can right. when you get back. I mean, it, it doesn't look good for us because – walkers and all these other recreation people that are down there using the park or lakes or, or wherever anywhere they look down and they see that on the riverbank tons of fishing line you know leaving your fish on the bank whatever and it gives us a black eye
1: right and you know and people you know a lot of us a lot of people are going to say well it's not our job it should be the people that are picking it up no the true stewards the true sportsmen and everything like that aren't going to leave that trash there those people are too lazy to bring it with them so they're never going to pick it up so unfortunately it falls on us to do it absolutely so just do it i mean because we can complain about it till we're blue in the face to those people they're not going to do whatever they just think why right right
0: it'll wash down the rock valley
1: yeah and then it's their problem and then so on and so on you know and that's what happens here like a river a river system like that, sometimes you get high water and things get washed in. Okay, if you can pick it up, pick it up. But right now the river is really low here in town. Right, nothing's so, washed in so, in the last few weeks. No, so just pick up your trash, pick up other people's trash. Unfortunately, we have to pick up after everybody. But it's a it's a good thing, like you said. It absolutely people walk by and they see it. You know, we're down there casting, they see uh, empty worm box down there or an empty lure box down there who are, they're going to think it's this person standing right here and right it's just like we're not going to say no 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 that's not my trash that was a, a guy that was down here earlier today Yep. But,
0: yep no we appreciate greg reaching out to us with something like that 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 is definitely something that uh needed to be talked about and if any of you listeners have something that it's like golly i wish these guys would talk about this we, we've had you know, listeners in the past, shoot us a message, you know, talk about boats, talk about whatever, keep doing it. You know, we, we like hearing from you guys. We, you know, give us some feedback. Hey, you like this. You don't like that. Uh, hit, hit the like buttons on the, on the Facebook posts. Uh, you know, uh, hit the subscribe button. You know, if you're on iTunes or or Google play or, or YouTube, whatever, hit the subscribe button. It, It helps us out a ton. And, uh, tell you tell your friends about it tell your yeah. friends about it if you, if sure you it actually up. like listening to us if you don't like listening to us and uh i don't know how far you're probably into this episode 40 minutes or whatever well thanks
1: for sticking it out yeah, we well, you appreciate your time you're probably <laughs> the same people that leave you trash on the shoreline no. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right <laughs> no. yeah. well before we go we probably better just say Jeremy k just because you know yeah yeah a, Jeremy k k once a day. so
0: <laughs> yep all right well we will see you guys next week